how are mental health and mental illness portrayed in pop culture? And what ways could it be done better? We discuss this and more with special guest Trevor Tyson of Trevor Talks on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, self-loathing procrastinator, and with me as always is my maddeningly magnificent co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, again, I'm really bad at these, I'm just gonna steal yours. I am a self-loathing um, procrastinator too, obviously because I can't even, I can't even take the time to come up with a <laughs> unique thing about me. I, I was gonna be mad at you for stealing mine, but you did. You added you added a good one to it. You had a good yeah, wrinkle. I, to gave, it. I give you credit. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you did give me credit, and I appreciate that. Um, well, this week we have a very special guest. He is a motivational speaker and mental health advocate. He is the founder of Fear Is a Lie Company, a mental health based clothing brand, and the host of Trevor Talks podcast. He was also the headline motivational speaker on the cross-country movie tour with the Irwin Brothers movie, I Still Believe. He is the talented, the terrifying, the transpicuous Trevor Tyson. Trevor, welcome to the podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm just going to go off the bat and say I don't know what two of the three words you used to describe me means. <laughs> me but too. I like it. <laughs> yes. Wait, what was it? Transpicuous? Was that it? Yes, transpicuous. I have no that, idea what that means. It sounds it, about right. I, I looked it up just today because <laughs> okay. I had to think of T words. Enlighten us, Joseph. What is yes, this? It means, it mean? transpicuous means um, that you speak clearly and understandably. Ooh, Can you use it in a good. sentence? <laughs> Trevor Tyson um, is transpicuous. <laughs> <laughs> his, yes, he is. He has a he has a great podcast because he is depthful yet transpicuous. There you Ooh. go. There we go. Well, I'm yeah. excited to have Trevor on. Trevor and I connected a while ago. Um, as some of you may know, I am a uh, a big advocate of mental health. I have. Um, been on this journey uh, uh, of mental health throughout my entire life. I've written a book about it. Uh, you can read it called Different. And uh, Trevor and I connected over Instagram. And I noticed uh, kind of the things that Trevor was doing um, as he was traveling around the country and world speaking. And, and also I noticed that he was really a, an advocate for mental health. And that was something that was really important to him. Um, and he has these amazing pages where he, he puts out these really encouraging things all of you should check out. Uh, so please follow him. Um, but I just love Trevor's heart for mental health and mental illness and what's going on. And that's kind of what we're talking today. So I'm so glad you're here, Trevor. And Joseph, tell us what we're talking about today. Awesome. Well, today we are talking about, what do you know, the portrayal of mental illness and mental health in pop culture. Mental health is increasingly a topic of discussion in our society with depression, anxiety, and suicide on the rise, particularly in millennials and Gen Zers. It makes sense then that pop culture such as movies and TV would begin to reflect that with romantic comedies like Silver Lines Playbook, comic book movies like Joker, and young adult TV dramas like 13 Reasons Why. However, many people have voiced concerns that the portrayal of mental health in these movies and shows might be more harmful than truthful. Health experts have particularly called out 13 Reasons Why for potentially glorifying suicide and portraying it graphically, both which are commonly known factors in suicide contagion 
where at-risk people copy suicidal behavior in family peers or the media. Trevor, what do you think are the best and worst ways that you've seen media and pop culture deal with mental health and mental illness? And what would you like to see that you haven't already seen? Well, to start off, I think that 13 Reasons Why actually did an excellent job portraying the uh, suicidal teen and really shining a light on social media, specifically because... Specifically because I think that the people that are watching it, like for me as an individual that was watching it, speaking for myself, I saw Hannah Baker, the main character in the uh, show, going through this spiral downward and just she ended up committing suicide, you know, and but they did a really good job on representing her and making me as the person watching it not want to be her. Hmm. They made me want to be the person that helped. Um, and like with, before they edited it out, they had the scene where, where they actually showed her taking her life. And like, I literally couldn't finish it. I started crying and I threw up. Mm. So I, I've never watched it and thought, oh, they glorified suicide. I was like, that was gory. And I never want to see that again. And I want to do everything in my power to make sure that nobody else feels that way, which unfortunately, like. I, I can't be everyone's superhero, but no. I can strive to be that person. Okay, very cool, very cool. Lots of, hey, we like hot takes and you know different opinions on here, and then there's a reason why that show has um, uh, been been resonated with so many people. So that's really that's really cool, really interesting. Um, it's almost interesting to think that you know it, it's a show that's aimed at teens, right? And mm-hmm. very often, mental illness, especially these proclivities towards depression and suicide uh, t- start taking place in the teen years. You know, I've had, I've had friends who have taken their own life and who have dealt with really, really serious depression um, uh, at a very young age. And so I think it's hard, it would be really hard as a producer to know how to make a show that's one, appealing to teens, that, that, that actually connects to them and their, their, their level, their, their world, what they're living in, uh, on an appealing level, but also can try to tackle some of these bigger issues. And so I feel like, of course, there was never a point at which the show was not going to be criticized um, yeah. for trying to tackle something like suicide in a show that's aimed towards teens. Now, I, I am still undecided. I haven't seen a lot of 13 Reasons Why. Um, but I do think, for better or for worse, even though it's a really scary and kind of, it's a very hard place to walk, um, talking about mental illness and especially suicide and depression, I think um, these shows are really important. I think it's important that we keep on trying to deal with and address the very real issue of mental illness and culture through TV, through film, through art, because if we don't, um, well, the thing is that that's where we go to kind of see and work through these issues. We go to art, we go to art for catharsis. And if it's not reflecting our art, we're going to feel more alone in it if we don't see reflecting yeah, anything absolutely. we're watching or listening to. You know, I remember a I while mean, it, ago. It, go, go ahead. Oh, it's, it's inevitable. You know, art is a reflection of, of our society. It's inevitable that if something's going on in our society, we're going to make art about it. So the, the only question is, are we going to do it well or are we going to do it badly? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and one of the crazy things about 13 Reasons was the reason it was so controversial is because everything portrayed in it is controversial. They've got 
Uh, and it's graphic. Like, I'm not going to say it's not graphic. Like, you're not going to show it at church, and I wouldn't show your young kids. <laughs> but I think that it would make a great resource for, like, um, at schools, they have, like, the ISS uh, class where you go when you get in trouble. Like, if you get in trouble for bullying somebody or making a racist comment, like, why don't you go ahead and let them watch all that and uh, mm. fill their brain with the side of the, like, actual outcomes that come from that. And um, a lot of the Christian community has shunned it right off the bat just because it has uh, a ton of bad language and like a lot of scenes that are portrayed in the show are very graphic, but that stuff is happening in everyday life. It's real life. Yeah. Like uh, youth pastors that are bashing it and haven't even watched it have failed to realize this is stuff that their kids are going through every single day they go to school. So with that being said, you know, why don't, instead of bashing it, why don't you educate yourself and use it as a resource and then judge it, not just put a whole sermon series out on 13 reasons why you shouldn't watch 13 reasons why. Like, (laughs) Are you you saying that people should watch something before they, before they, can criticize it. Obviously, that, that yeah. radical, that radical, that radical view. Um, and we talked before about how, how we are Christians here. We, we, Joseph and I, are strong believers, but we have noticed how in Christian culture, sometimes out of fear, out of you know hearing a curse word or 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 you know whatever it is, we sometimes pretend that real life doesn't exist. And like you said, these are things kids are dealing with today. And if Christian culture ignores them, then we won't have any way to actually reach and redeem and help them, um, help yeah. the kids like me who was in high school going through these things. We just pretend that life is always peachy and, and fun and sunny and happy. And we're going to be missing out on the chance to actually connect to the kids who are the kids and people who are actually going through this. Yeah. Well, so are there any, so we've, we've talked about 13 reasons why, but there are there any other um, shows or movies that you've seen that, you know, either do the uh, subject of mental health or mental illness well or badly? Are there things that you see common tropes that are that are harmful or, or reinforce bad stereotypes? Or are there what are other examples that you think are positive that 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 you would like people to see? Uh, on a personal note, you know, I see so many uh, TV shows and movies just portraying like metalheads as like these goth angry people and as someone who thoroughly enjoys the genre of metalcore why don't we have a redneck listen to it (laughs) (laughs) like just spice it up a little bit like i'm tired of seeing uh the guy with the black fingernails and like like like, why can't he like country music you know Um, (laughs) so i i guess my answer is just a really let's be a little more diverse than just the stereotypical same old, same old, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know if that answers so there, There's question, lots of ways that mental health and things like the end and mental health, you know, illnesses and things can manifest and they only seem to be sure showing one, one kind of way that these things can happen. Sort of what you're saying. Sure. Very, yeah. Very tropey. Yeah. I, I do yeah. feel like Trevor, you're right in that very often in TV shows, and films, the way they portray mental health is, you know, put the character in, you know, really dark clothes and, and they are really angry and they're all, you know, those kind of things, as opposed to realizing that mental health can look like someone who's happy. 
uh, or mental yeah. illness can look like something. Someone dealing with um, incredible depression or obsessive compulsive disorder or whatever it might be can look like someone who's wearing a suit or who is yeah. or loves you know happy the things football and, and jocks. Exactly, and I, I feel like yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. It's Go ahead. Beyond amazing, it's beyond amazing to see like it, there's no diversity when it comes to like mental health. I've never really like even in like Nickelodeon and like the shows we grew up watching, like Nick at Night and everything. Like, why yeah. make all these characters look like they have it all together? Because after the person gets done watching it, they're gonna be like, oh, I want to be like I Carly or Drake and Josh or whatever. And like they have obstacles they go through, but oftentimes it's humorous, which is great. We need humor, but sure, yeah. um, why don't we have these episodes where like, oh, so-and-so got depressed and his buddy helped him through it. Like, okay, that may not make the best episode ever, but it shines a light on something that is very real for millions of people. And those millions of people being viewers of these shows. So I think it's great to have a wide selection of things that you're consuming in, but also guarding yourself, like circling back to what we talked about earlier on like judging something before you watch it. So many people are doing that, but also at the same time, there are movies that I'll see the cover and read about it. But like, yeah, I'm just not going to watch that. But mm. um, I'm not judging the person's art. I'm just judging like the character that it can potentially bring out of you because at the end of the day, what you allow to go into your eyes and what you allow to be consumed into your ears, like it's going to be a reflection of what you're consuming in your body, right? So like trying to dive into things a little bit better for me, um, not even on like TV spectrum of like reading and such, which I was a huge fan of the first two seasons of Riverdale. Um, mm. They did a really good job with uh, acting and everything in it. But um, then the last two seasons were like, yeah, I'm good, you know. <laughs> well, so how do you make that discernment of like what things are good to engage with because they are talking about real things in real life and things that might not be beneficial to ingest even so? What, what, what principles do you use? Well, um, I think you have to keep a very open mind about that specifically because like there are some movies that you can deem as trash before you watch it. And it could have an underlying message in it that is completely different than what the cover and what was said mm. about it. So not going off of other people's opinions, but just really making that decision for yourself. Like, do I see this uh, documentary, TV show, music, whatever, providing value to me? Is it going to teach me something? Is it just going to take my mind off things? Like, I'm a huge fan of C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. Yep. Um just because like it's so relatable and it's it's like it takes you on a journey at the end of the day but there's so many messages of hope in there um it just pick and choose very wisely and like if you're in a movie theater watching a film or obviously not right now we're in the middle of the pandemic um but if you're <laughs> watching a movie with friends and it's just pure garbage and it makes you feel uncomfortable why keep consuming it like look at something on your phone be the i know it'd be awkward but just like eh like, even if everybody's enjoying it, like, be the buzzkill, you know, like, who cares? At the end of the day, like, <laughs> you're going to be laying in your bed thinking about the things that you consume that day. So why not bring it a little bit more positivity than darkness, you know? That's interesting. I, I agree with you on the, so often we can kind of judge a book by its cover. And, and it's, it's funny, the things that I look back in my life as a kid, 
who had and dealt with um, mental illness. And I looked like, you, you know, you mentioned hardcore music. And I remember a lot of um, people telling me when I was young, oh, that's dark music, that's terrible, that's bad, that only makes you sad. And to be honest, as a kid, as in, by kid, I mean teenager, I remember I was in a compulsive disorder and a lot of different things. And I was told, just listen to Christian music, you know, the, you know, the, the top 40 Christian music. And it, there's nothing inherently wrong with, with um, the Christian music that was on the day. It was uplifting, it was happy, it was fun. Um, but it wasn't connecting with what was, was the really heavy screamo rock music. And yeah. those were the things yeah. that were reflecting to or echoing what I felt inside. Those were the, um, th those were the, the aesthetic, if I can use that, how I was feeling uh, and the, the things that I was going through where the songs that were just happening all happy for me. After what I was going through, and connects to my experience in a way, and ultimately, you know, they wanted to through that art to me and my experience because it wasn't validating my experience. Where in the words and the music and the screen, even this hard music, it connected with me and my experience of what I was going through as a teen. For me, I guess I kind of decide on what is beneficial and isn't beneficial to me, especially in the mental health realm. By um, or the undercurrent, the the whatever the, the ultimate message of whatever you are um, engaging with, TV or, or music or books. Um, yeah. What is the all message of it? And for me, if it's something that even though it's acknowledging acknowledging the hardship of life, looking at the the darkness that we all face, but it has an undercurrent of hope. Um, those are the things that I always gravitate to gravitated towards because they're within. This movement of screamo music when I was a teen, this was very big in the even movement. There were, a lot, there were a lot of very depressing, dark bands out there, but there were also bands who, who acknowledge they had the things, they had the, the heavy music, but they, through their words and through what they were saying, there was hope and there was more, and there was hope for more. And I think that was such a strong way to affect and reach kids who were going through things in those days. And that's why there was such a big response to it. You know, there were bands, there's a band called Under Oath, that mm. was my absolute favorite band. And Under Oath was, you know, just as heavy. They were just as emo. They were just as um, passionate as any other band out there. But through all of their lyrics, they, they did two things. They both acknowledged the pain that I was feeling as a teen, the angst that lived within me, while still in their lyrics offering hope, yeah. connecting to God, pointing to something better. So for me, when I engage with art, especially concerning mental health, I don't want to see art that pretends like everything's okay. I don't want to see movies or books that just pretend, oh, everything's fine. Um, I also don't want to see art that's, that totally has no redemptive value. I want to see something that does both. Yes, the world is hard and dark, but there is a God who loves you and there's hope for redemption. For me, that's how I engage with and decide what is healthy mentally in my mental health journey uh, for me. Yeah, and just... Does anybody else out there view like social media as a film? Like it's almost like everybody's on social media acting anyway. Mm -hmm. So like I, I, I found myself more and more fleeing away from like being on Instagram as much or being on Facebook yes. because it's, it's like you're looking through a film reel, you know, I, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, and I, I, I don't want to say something that is 
like controversial or anything, but like, I just feel like social media is deteriorate, deteriorating us and it, it's just breeding envy mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know? So when I scroll through social media, I don't want to be feeling like I'm judging myself compared to someone else. I, but nobody's showing the real valuable things, which is being vulnerable, which is what I've built my brand off of. Fear is a liar. The clothing brand that I created, it's all it is, is me being vulnerable and providing a source of light at the end of the tunnel for those people that are struggling with mental health, like myself, like I've got diagnosed with panic disorder years ago. And we figured out this year that it was all like sprouted from something called hypothyroidism, me having a hypoactive thyroid. And so like, there are things that could be going on in your body that can cause this that don't exactly have to be like me being worried about anything, because I could never really remember myself like overthinking like something to the point of feeling sick. It was just my body reacting with a panic attack. But I, I just, I think there needs to be more vulnerability in our lives. Like you don't have to hide all the dark things. How do you know that somebody out there doesn't need to hear how you got through it or how you're coping with it in the moment? Um, and I'm not saying like put your whole life out there, but just take little bits and pieces of things that you've gone through and paint a picture with it. Kind of like y'all were talking earlier about painting a picture with art. Like I can't wait to see how much art comes out of this, um, this quarantine. Like obviously Taylor Swift spent her time really well. And Taylor Swift's new album, uh, what's it called? Folklore. So good. Like it's so good to the point that like, I've listened to it so many times. And at first I was like, why is she singing about an affair? But then I was like, Hey, that's her truth, whatever. But it's like, she's so good at telling stories. And I, people need that. Not just myself, almost that I needed that. Like everybody needed not an escape, but just like to get lost in some music. Like there hasn't been that much great music that came out during the pandemic. Um, Like full albums, there's been singles and such. Uh, my friend Lacey Sturm put a song out called The Decree, and it's heavy, it's metal, it's great. Um, and then August Burns Red put out a full album, which was excellent. But I, I just needed something mellow, like just not too yeah. heavy, not too calm, and something to paint a picture and to just take you on an adventure because it inspired me so much. Like hearing stories portrayed in music and in film, it it has a very 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 great impact on what I create that's why I'm so careful with what I consume so like whether I'm writing or speaking or uh, podcasting like what you consume like even you guys you can attest to this when you're in the zone to create an interview for a podcast or a conversation that you're going to put out you're kind of careful on what you consume within the days leading up to it like you you want to make sure you're in a good headspace. You want to make sure that you feel good about what you're talking about. And for me, I want to provide value with everything I put out. So I don't just let any guests hop on the podcast. I don't, I don't run ads on the podcast specifically because when I want, when people think of Trevor talks and what they listen to, I want them to walk away with some value. Like if they're not listening to it and learning something or hearing a different worldview, why did they listen? Like, I don't want to be your escape. I want to be someone that points you to hope, essentially. So um, I'm not bashing anyone that does that. Like, everybody's got their calling in life, but it's it's not mine. I'm not, I'm not here to provide an escape. I'm here to 
provide some resolutions, hopefully. So I wanted, I love what you said, and I want to touch a little bit on a couple of things you said. One, it's interesting that we live in a, in an age of social media. And like you, like you said, it does seem that everyone on social media is somewhat of an actor now. And I, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not posting my worst days. I'm not, uh, generally I'm posting. Wait, what? Yeah. You're not? Yeah. You're not? Well, I feel so lied to. That, that'll be a new trend, just my worst days. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're terrible. Every fight you had, have with your wife, yeah, every, it's all great, yeah. Every pimple I have, oh yeah. But, you know, I'm posting. mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you probably get a lot of followers. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, but, you know, we, of course we do this. Of course we're going to, you know, hide kind of the harder, darker things in our life. But right. when you're creating art, there is, like you said, Trevor, and Joseph, you and I have talked about this a lot. There's such an importance for authenticity because without authenticity, uh, you're not going to connect to anybody's real life yeah. or experience. Yeah. And so no matter what, you know, nice quote or, or ha just be a happy thing you, you say, it's not going to land because there's no authenticity there to carry whatever you're saying, whatever hope you want to offer to the person for them to receive. So especially in art, we need to see the real life reflected. We need to see, um, we need to see what we're actually going through, actually pictured uh, in our art for us to actually be able to take hold of the redemption um, aspect, of the hope aspect through mental illness. So it, again, it comes back to this, we can't ignore it, um, but we also, uh, you, you can't ignore it. You actually have to show the realness of it, but you also have to provide a hope in the midst of it and you have yeah. to provide redemption in the midst of it. And I feel like, I don't know, it, it's a hard balance to strike, um, but yeah. I do feel like for mental illness to be portrayed well, to be portrayed in a way that's effective in our media, uh, we actually have to take hold of these two things. We have to learn to be authentic in our art and we have to be learn to um, provide hope at the end of it. Now, Joseph, I wanna ask you a question. Please. Uh, an expert on film and-, and <laughs> Complete opposite of me. And being a man of faith yourself. <laughs> you, hey, we're all experts in our own right. Exactly. Um, but, but Joseph, I'm, I'm interested, have Christians, is there a movie that you know of in the faith-based industry that has dealt with mental illness in any su substantive way, um, in any way, in, in good or bad? Have you seen, it, to me, off the top of my head, I can't think of any films that have broached this subject and I wonder why that is that people of faith, th this is, listen, me mental illness is something that I think it, it affects everyone. Um, it affects Christian, non-Christian. It affects happy, sad. It, it affects everyone. So it's interesting to me that I can't off the top of my head think of any Christian films that have dealt with this. And Christians should be the one if they are, if they are the people who have hope and redemption um, for, for goodness in the world, for for. Um, kindness and love and and redemption and a in a better way. They should be the ones who are creating art about mental illness. But I can't think of one Christian film that has dealt with this. Do you, can you think of any? And do you know why? If not, um, no, no, I can't think of any. <laughs> uh, short answer: No. Uh, I think that the well, so a lot of Christian films have dealt with people being depressed. You know. Um, and the, you know, like, I mean, you know, you see, I mean, basically watch any film by the Kendrick brothers, you know, and, you know, or, or most, I mean, like, you know, uh, or most films by the Irwin brothers, you know, it's, you'll take, you'll find a character who's 
very depressed, even sometimes chronically depressed, but usually their depression is the result of, you know, a circumstance in their life or not thinking Mm -hmm. correctly about, um, about, you know, having bad theology essentially, you know, and that is something that can be fixed. Yes. And and yes, it's, it can be fixed. There isn't, I have not seen any Christian or faith-based films that deal with somebody who is depressed as a matter of biology, sort of, you know, a biological, you know, illness in the same way that any other kind of thing is an illness as the way Trevor, you mentioned with yours, um, that I have not seen any to deal with that. I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, I'll say, depending on if you, if you consider first reformed a Christian film, you can argue that. (laughs) It's not made by a Christian. I, yeah, yeah. Um, Good film, but not a Christian. I, I, I wasn't crazy about it, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but they are, and partly because it's, you know, for a lot of reasons, partly because it's based on sometimes, you know, there's, there's inspired by the journals of some very depressed Christians in, in it. Um, you know, that's a character you would, could argue he's chronically depressed. You could argue he's, I think I would argue that he's chronically depressed and he's not getting treatment for it. Um, but they don't say it though. They but they never, never say it. They never say it. it. I think, and I will say, like, in my opinion, part of it is that it's just that, I mean, we have to remember, I mean, you know, a lot of the people making Christian films are boomers. You know, they're people of the baby boomer generation. And yeah. that was an era where, you know, and I think this is also the problem in, in mainstream Hollywood films dealing with mental health, is that mental health is an issue that's growing. There are more people today struggling with mental health than before. And so we have a different perspective on mental health. There's more of us you know, who have mental health problems. And therefore, there's more of us who have a better, more nuanced understanding of what mental health is and what it looks like. You know, um, I, you know the, the perspective on mental health in the boomer generation, there were a lot fewer people who had mental illness um, and depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. I that doesn't mean think that's true, but continue. Well, I mean, we, I think, I think- that It was, just wasn't documented as that's, well. Uh, I and think that's- something that was suppressed. No, that's, like, that's, there's that's not probably. True. I think that there's that's probably I, Christian movies about mental health out there. They're just not good, so you don't hear about them. Well, I've seen um, I've seen a lot of them, and and you'd think I would run across it by now. I would say certainly there were a lot more than we thought there were, but the rate of suicide definitely leads. The most reasonable um, explanation for that is that the mental health crisis is getting yeah. bigger as well as getting yeah. more. In fact, I would say that because it's the reason that we're, we're actually having a more honest conversation with it is because it's getting bigger. But yeah, that's, um, that, could, I, that could be true. My, my initial instinct is to say, I think mental illness has always existed. I mean, oh, sure. all the time. you can even look in scripture, you find characters oh, absolutely. Um, who, who are absolutely dealing with mental illness. But I think in the past, maybe 30 years, we have one, both le- learned to define them uh, more clearly, and two, we have begun moving stigma so people can actually say, "I have depression," without being told, "Oh, just buck up" or something like that. But you are right in that. Um, remind me of the statistic about everything getting better except a few things. Oh yeah. So okay. So there is an article in the Atlantic called, I think it's the Happiness Recession, where they talk about the fact that you know that almost all indicators of social happiness, you know, they talk about different social indicators of social happiness. Um, And then there's a lot of, you know, articles that have been talking about how the state of the world is, for most part, you know, again, like is is objectively getting better, 
you know, in the sense of, you know, poverty is going down, violence is going down, you know, uh, you know, political freedom is going up, you know, in, in, so in, in domestically and by most sort of material indicators, domestically and globally, things in the world are getting better. And yet, particularly in the wealthy, prosperous countries, people are getting sadder and more depressed. Um, mm. Depression and anxiety and suicide are rising, even as almost everything um, that could materially make our life worse um, is actually getting better. And so, but the, the article that talked about the happiness research was looking at these different indicators. And basically one of the things that, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it was looking at and saying, even friendship, people are spending more time with their friends than they used to. And yet, you know, de uh, depression, anxiety, and suicide are going up. And they looked at various indicators and, you know, you can look at the article itself, you know, but they talk about the fact that religion is going down, organized religion is going down and, you know, romantic partnerships are going down. And, you know, and, and, and different things and family marriages going down, different things that would bind people together as a community, institutions that used to bind people together as a community are going down. And they see that as, as one of the big drivers of um, people. It used to be people would have anchors and mediating institutions for the for their mental health that they don't have anymore in fact actually the thing is the rich are the only people who actually have those things anymore because they can afford you know they can afford uh uh what you call it they can afford therapists more than the poor can hmm. you know, or, or better therapists but they can pay you know child care and things like that that you know after the breakdown of the family which is a point david brooks made uh, a while back so there's there's different things and indicators about how people's mental health is getting worse and that's also true, as well as the fact that we're getting a more nuanced understanding of it and less stigma for it. And I think that that is part of the um, reason that, again, like you have people in that generation that had a more of a stigma for mental health and who just have less experience with it, making a lot of the movies. And that's true for both Christians and non-Christians. And uh, yeah, that's something I would like to see. I would like to see that that being done better. And I think that was what I would say about movies in general and TV shows in general. Even there's, Video games are interesting because there's a rise in empathy games because a lot of game, video games are actually being made by millennials and Gen Zers. They're making indie games and they're doing games that are featured a lot with mental health. And, and so yeah. that's really interesting. I know, watch, about, yeah. I know less about video Gone games, home. but I do know that that's a trend. And so that's why you're seeing that in video games is because millennials and Gen Zers are actually making those. Um, but that's the thing is I actually, what I see about movies and TV shows is that a lot of times they're being made from the perspective of the outsider looking at somebody else who has a mental health problem. Mm. Um, rather, and it's like, Ooh, look, that's weird and interesting and, and maybe compelling enough for me to explore. And it's like, I think like the Joker is a good example. That's all about us, the audience kind of looking at somebody else who has sort of, you know, mental health struggles and sort of sympathizing with them a bit more than it is sort of about relating to it. But that's a whole other thing. But that's, that's sort of my two bit, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I don't have any diagnosable or at least diagnosed <laughs> mental health problems. Like maybe some people, some people I know would say you should get tested. Joseph. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, but that is what I've observed as the problem with Christian films, not dealing with that question. Um, and in just in general with people dealing with that question. So I don't know if anybody, any of the people who identify as neurodivergent or um, have actually struggled with that. I think, and I want to give you room, Trevor, to also to talk about your own story regarding this, because I think people would be fine. That really fascinating. Um, but I don't know if you think that my analysis is off in any way, or you have something to add to that. No, like, I feel like the Irwin brothers have done a really good job with 
showing that life isn't always easy. Mm. Um, especially, and I still believe like showing yeah. Jeremy um, or KJ Appa portraying Jeremy having the breakdown after his wife, Melissa passed away. Um, and then seeing him get back on his feet and overcoming it. I feel like that was one of the key takeaways of the film of like, God put Jeremy on the mission to like tell Melissa's story. And now Adie, his wife, is helping him yeah. do that. Like she defends their relationship heavily because without Melissa, there would be no Jeremy and Adie. Um, yeah. And without Melissa passing, like they wouldn't have their children. So like it was all in God's timing, no matter right. how weird it is to say it. Um, so they did a really good job with telling Jeremy and Adie's story in that. And then also with, I can only imagine. Right. Um, they showed Bart in this crazy state of like, his dad was hitting him and like he was going through the relationship issues. He was starting mercy me. Um, everything about that, like you see Bart get cocky with his girlfriend, they end up breaking up and then he gets on the road and he's like, Hey, come with me. Like, you know, so it's all situational, but they're not shying away from it, you right. know? And the Kendrick brothers, um, they do really good with their films being motivational and purely on the gospel. And I don't feel like they're, every filmmaker's calling in life is for Trey mental health. So like right. the Kendrick brothers are doing a great job at what they're doing. So I wouldn't even categorize them in like a judgmental, judgmental place sure. because that's not their goal. They're with their doing films. what they're, they're doing for sure. Yeah, they're doing right. what they're doing. And, um, and I really commend the Irwins for like, they're stepping out from the whole music thing. And I don't know if you knew, uh, the Irwins started as ESPN cameramen. And then they did, right. uh, yeah, and then they did a music video for Casting Crowns and they did a right. few music videos and they um, did, a, what was the first film they did? And it wasn't Imagine, that was the first one that blew up. It was oh, uh, October, October Baby. Baby was their first feature. Yeah, October Baby. And then they had- um, Mom's Night Out was another one they did. Yeah, Mom's Night Out. And what's the other one? Woodlawn. Woodlawn. Yes, Woodlawn, Woodlawn. Yeah. That's what I was going for. So the first time I had heard of the Irwins was from Woodlawn, and I didn't oh, know wow. the Irwins would. Um, so I saw October Baby for the first time, I believe it was two years ago, and just hearing how God moved in that story through one of yeah. the main actresses, Sherry Rigby, um, her story Love with Sherry. abortion was just like, yeah, it was so like it was so relevant to that to the point they didn't even ask her like. They just threw it at the end of the movie, like in theaters, and she figured out when she saw it. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just amazing how all these, uh, like, I know we can criticize and like um, have real conversations, and I, I don't feel like any of us three are like hardcore judging anybody. We're having Absolutely a conversation. Not. No, so yeah. If someone is disagreeing with anything we have to say in this podcast episode, you can send like, us an email. <laughs> send us an email like if i get it i'm probably not gonna re i'm just kidding like, I, it's, it, like take it with a grain of salt you honesty know, you know <laughs> yeah like we're being real so yes, real yes. Conversation. i think for but for me everybody oh, is doing everybody's doing what they're in their lane to do but what sure. i do not want to see is people get comfortable in their craft that's where mm. careers start to like you start getting comfortable, kind of like uh, Steve Perry and Journey, and then uh, what was the lead singer Queen's name? I forget. Oh, um, Freddie oh. Mercury. Yeah, Freddie yes, Mercury. Yes. Like they step away and they start doing their own thing, and then it doesn't work out for them, and then sure. like, career is over. So, like, what's the fine line between like, okay, I'm not gonna get 
to superstardom off doing the same thing and then get bored and drop everything, go do this, then have no career. Like I, I don't yeah. want to see people do that, but I, I think we're still waiting for that next um, duo or individual to come out and say, Hey, I want to tackle mental health and Christianity on the screen. And I tell you what, you think 13 reasons why it was controversial. Wait till a Christian makes a movie about suicide. <laughs> like it, yeah. And I remember seeing the, um, I have to think about this one. Yeah, um, Michael Jackson's daughter was going to play, um, I think it was a lesbian Jesus in a film. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch that. <laughs> but, like, kudos to you if you find value in it. But I'm not going to judge people for what they watch. But I might judge people I, a little bit. <laughs> this is bad, like, with a grain of salt, like, to the point where I'm going to not watch it. Sure. And yeah. acknowledge that you watch it, but I also don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it it goes back into like everybody has their individual things they really like. One thing I really like is heavy music. August Burns Red says it really Classic. well. Angry music Classic. for happy people. Mm. Um, mm. So whether it's music, whether it's movies, and even in the combo in between those would be music videos that are sharing stories yeah. and portraying events. Like, what are you teaching? Like what, what is the value that Trevor is going to walk away after watching it? And I can't like, I'm one of those dudes that I, I think it's like ADHD is like squirrel. Like you, <laughs> you gotta be good. Yeah, for me. I, I have no, I don't relate to that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. What was that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I was distracted. Um, yeah. Trevor, I love what you're saying because it, I do want to see, of course, you know, everyone has to do what they're called to, um, but I do want to see a Christian, especially one who's really talented in filmmaking or writing, or whatever it is, tackle the issue of mental health because it's real. And, you know, Joseph was saying statistics earlier, this is something that affects a lot of people and it's affecting more and more people, suicide, depression, mental yeah. illness on a whole. You know, I remember being a kid and I remember... I was dealing with OCD so extremely and it was, and I didn't know anyone else with OCD. I only knew me and I felt so different and I felt so alone and I felt like my mind was just wrong and it was broken sure. and I felt totally alone. And then my family and I started watching this TV series called Monk on USA. Oh, Monk yes. was a detective comedy yes. TV show and it was about a character who had OCD. And I know a lot of people disagree with me. I've gotten in, discussions about this online about as you know it's too tropey or this or that but for me as a as a preteen and early teen kid who was dealing with OCD and didn't have any point of reference or anyone else to um, make me feel a little less alone watching a lead character who struggled with these issues and still even with the issues he had and still solved the mysteries and came out as a hero in the midst of his troubles was really moving mm -hmm. to me and really effective to me so I think one reason maybe that Christians have shied away from mental illness is this. I think that very often in Christian films, we want to show a character who has something wrong in his life and by accepting Jesus, everything is fixed, right? Mm. And, and that, is, that is beautiful when that happens in life, but the reality of mental illness is I will deal with mental illness until I die. That this is, you know, Paul talks about a thorn in his side. This is something that I will be, because I live in a broken world, I'll be dealing with until I leave this world and I think for Christians, that's a scary thing to try to figure out how to portray in films because sure. we want all of our films just to say everything is fixed by God coming yeah. in. And believe it or not, 
I am still sinful. I am still struggling. No. I still have doubt. Yes, <laughs> me. And I still deal with my mental illness and will deal with all these things because I live in a broken world until I leave this world. Um, and, and, you know, I have the hope of another world um, in which I won't. But in this world, I will deal with these things. And I think for Christians, we so badly want to show all you have to do is say the prayer and everything's fixed. And it's hard to show a character who has an ongoing real issue that can't just be easily fixed. But what I want to see is I want to see a film that says, no, Jesus doesn't come in and fix all of your problems, but he is present in them with you. And that's the kind of movie I want to see a Christian make because I think that could be so effective to the people who are dealing with these problems. Because as we have talked about both music and movies and art of all kinds, when we are authentic and when we see the reality of how God appears, even in the darkness, those are going to be the films and the pieces of art and the music that will ultimately affect us for the better. So with all that said, Fine, up, I will make boys. the amazing movie that fixes all of the problems. <laughs> if you I was going to say... And now, a film by Nathan Clarkson. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, I have a script that's all about mental illness, a mental illness love story, and someday I want to produce it. I would love to. I'm, yeah. Call President Trump and get the budget. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because oh, when man. politics and movie mix, it always goes super well. All I've yeah. got to say is all I want is to either A, be the lead character, or B, I want a cameo <laughs> As a taxi driver in New You're York get a City, <laughs> you are gonna, we can make that happen. It doesn't I'm even driving take place. here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even take place in New York City, but you are getting a cameo. And with a that said, one hundred percent. Circle Georgia. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Well, oh um, man. So Joseph, shall we move on to our blesses and curses? In we the shall genre move on to our blesses and curses of the week. This week. Yes. So as you know, we always have our time where we find some piece of art we want to say that we bless, we liked it, or that we didn't like it, and so we curse it. And so, um, Trevor, we always give our guests the opportunity to go first. Um, so would you like to have, uh, do you have anything you'd like to bless or curse this week? I know you're a very mm -hmm. non-judgmental person, but you don't have to do a curse if you don't want to. You have to do a curse, Trevor. No, you don't. You don't, <laughs> you won't air this. No, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I feel like when it comes to like film in general, it's not a movie, but down to earth with Zach Efron is a new show on Netflix and I bless it. Like I've it's so much. It's beyond phenomenal. And I'm telling you, like I watched it and I was like, I want that job. Like he literally <laughs> just takes you around the world and just shows you things, uh, just random things. Like, uh, I didn't know that purified water was bad for you and spring water was good for you. Like what? I had no clue. Yeah, like just random little yeah. nuggets of wisdom like that. Like they're going all over the world. Like it's not like one of those uh, cooking network travel shows, but they do try a lot of food. That's really weird. Interesting. Um, they study a tons of different stuff. It's Zach and um, I can't remember what the guy's name is, which I respect him a lot, but I can't remember what his name is right off the just bat. Just not enough to know his name. <laughs> no, that's so rude. I think his name is Owen. Like I'm uh, Darren. Olean is his name, Darren Olean. He's got a podcast. Go. 
Um, but it's just so cool to see him go around the world with a nutrition mm. expert and just learn little bits and nuggets of wisdom about like beekeeping and water and just everything. There's a little bit That's of awesome. everything in that show. And I feel like anybody can enjoy it. It's very clean. Um, there may be some mild language and a bunch of dad bod shots of Zac Efron. But, uh, <laughs> yes, the dad bod that broke We're the We're big internet. fans of dad bods around here. And what was I going to say on Curse? Hmm. I, I hate to say it, but I don't think that movie theaters are coming back as strong as they once were. So we'll curse uh, that. Yeah. I hate <laughs> to be the bearer of bad of movie theaters. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I just don't think that Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Hopefully the Lord <laughs> blesses their finances and multiplies their income. At this current moment. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. We yes. have, we, you are so, you are so wonderfully positive that we I appreciate that. <laughs> and from so, your mouth to God's ears. Cause we want to go to the movies. Again. We do want to. <laughs> yes. Overpriced so popcorn. Clarkson. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Nathan uh, Clarkson, do you have a, a bless uh, and curse this week? Yes, I do. Uh, I thought about this for a long time because there are a few movies, not tons and tons and tons that have, but a few ones that have really um, connected with my mental health journey. And so I'm going to name a couple of those um, for my blesses. One uh, that I really love, and it's a little controversial, I guess, but it's called Lars and the Real Girl. And it has Ryan Gosling in it, um, who just does a phenomenal job. And it deals with mental illness and a family who's dealing with someone who has mental illness and it's just a beautiful film it's human it's authentic it doesn't try to fix all the problems it doesn't try to portray um something as easily fixed but it does portray love and presence and relation as something that does matter in someone who's going through a difficult journey especially mentally and then another one that came out a couple years ago um that really it I don't know, it, you, we talked about this earlier, about how so often characters with mental illness can look like something, and we kind of have this picture in our head, oh, they need to be, yeah. you know, look like. And this one showed a normal, a quote-unquote normal person who is struggling with mental illness. It's called Silver Linings Playbook with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Yes. And it, it's just, as, to me, it was a beautiful movie that, again, showed a family and an individual and a, and a romance story of people who can find love and goodness and forgiveness and grace um, in the midst, not, not fixing it, but in the midst of struggling with something really deep and dark like mental illness. And I just thought it was such a beautiful depiction. It was so human, yeah. it was so touching, and I loved it. Um, again, I mentioned Monk earlier. I loved that series. I loved all of it. Um, it was so much fun. Tony Shalhoub is an absolute genius. Um, for my curse this week, you know, this is a movie I actually really enjoyed. It was entertaining, it was fun. Um, it was interesting. It made me think, but it would be Joker. Mm, um, Joker yeah. came out with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, cinematically, it, you know, it, it was really amazing. It, it, to me, it was a, a masterpiece. It was beautiful. It was engaging. But yeah. um, as far as mental illness goes, you know, this is kind of the Joker problem. And we've seen this happen in, in films besides just this with this character um, from the comic, the, the Joker. And we seem to very often, sometimes, especially with our villains, we glorify mental illness. And, mm. um, and, and we do two things. And you mentioned the one earlier. We either glorify it or we, um, we look at it as a spectacle. Right. And, and both, I think, happen. Because I think yeah. both in The Dark Knight, 
which is one of my favorite movies of all time, and the Joker. Sure, yes. Um, most people <laughs> left the movie. They it wasn't the hero they emulated later. Um, it was the villain who was obviously very mentally ill. And so it looked cool and looked like something you should have. And it looked like something that gave you strength, in fact. When in reality, mental illness is just that. It's an illness that's very debilitating and difficult and dark and really has real-world negative consequences. And it shouldn't be something that, one, we glorify, or two, um, uh, that we, we use as a spectacle just for a, a storytelling technique yeah. that we can kind of look at. And like, oh, isn't he crazy? No, mental illness is real and it has negative effects on our life. So that would be my blesses and curses of the week. Joseph, what are your so curses? I will say for my bless, I'm going to say a little movie that almost nobody saw, but is one of my favorite movies, Ingrid Goes West, um, starring Aubrey Plaza. And it's a story about somebody, a, a young woman who does have mental illness, who is obsessed with social media and obsessed with living the lifestyle that she sees um, other people living, her, the influencers living on social media. And I thought what was really brilliant about it was it's, it was, it was about mental health and it was also about the ways in which social media does encourage us to have unhealthy um, ways of looking at the world and uh, it was a way that like I, I could relate to it. I could relate to all the things that she was going through and, and, it, and it was just, she was just going through it in a heightened way, but it also deals with how important it is to not be in denial that you have a problem. Um, and that's true whether or not it, you know, it's with mental health or with, with anything, um, you know, and so it really does a great job. It's sensitive and caring, but also very clear about, the need to admit anytime you have a problem with anything that um, and and to get help and the reason mm. and the ways in which in our modern society encourage us to have an unhealthy relationship with our technology and with each other. Um, so uh, definitely everybody should go see Ingrid Goes West. It's a great movie. For my curse, I will say um, it's the um, movie, the Netflix movie, All the Bright Places. Um, that was a movie that's it's it's one of those movies that tries to deal with really uh, difficult subjects like of mental health and like suicide. Um, but it leaves it so vague and undeveloped that you can kind of project whatever you want onto it. And mm. a lot of the things you can project onto it are rather unhelpful. It's another, you know, one that a lot of, you know, the different mental health experts were like, Oh, please God, don't do that. Don't do that thing. <laughs> um, but it was, and it did, I think, end up sort of trying to romanticize, uh, certain wrong choices that people made. Um, so I, I'm going to put that in my, my uh, curse of the week uh, for me. So, all right. Well, um, so thank you very much, uh, Trevor, for um, joining us on the podcast. Do you have anything that you want to promote or, or places people can find you on social media so that they can follow you and listen to all your wise words and do, do support all your great work? Yeah, so you can find me on social media across every platform at Trevor Talks. So just my name, Trevor, and then the word talks. And also fearisaliar.co. You can go find all the mental health merch, videos, and resources that you need if you maybe struggle with mental health. That's amazing. Awesome. Hey, Trevor, on that real quick, um, just because I want to, do you know of any any places if someone is struggling with mental illness and hasn't yes. been able to, you know, really work that out or find a way to process that or or they feel alone in it where, where is somewhere 
if you know that people can contact or get in touch with um, that they can find help in that area? Yes, there is a website and a movement really that I've been working really, really close with and it's called Death to Life. And you can just go to death and then the number two life.com. And if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, anxiety, depression, or anything like that, please go reach out to the hope line there. It's totally free. They don't want your money. There are people that are investing tons of money to make sure that there are people 24 seven for you to talk to. Mm. So death to life.com. And then also Anthem of Hope and Heart Support if you need a community to get behind you and help you uh, get through the season that you're in. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. And um, I will go ahead and plug myself. Uh, you can find me, Nathan Clarkson, across all the social media platforms. You can visit my website, nathanclarkson.me. And also, real quick, um, you, can, you can get in touch with the overthinkers. Um, if you have a comment or an email or you think something about one of the... Um, about what something we said and you you disagree or agree we just love to hear from you you can go to the overthinkersjournal.com um and also we just started recently a community on facebook it's a group called the overthinkers please look it up people are having a blast we are sharing memes and questions and discussions uh we're all based around the things we love philosophy and faith and film and literature and art and all the wonderful things and there's some great people and we're just having such a blast please come by and become a member we love to have you there and we love being able to connect with you and connect you to the community um, through that space joseph how can we get a hold of you you can get a hold of me on all the socials and find the search joseph holmes on twitter on facebook on instagram and you can find me also on my website josephholmesstudios.com well, thank you, everybody, so much for joining. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, audience. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs>